your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, you. pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Summer, summer, summer time. Summer League. Hey, hey. What's up? It's EJ Stewart, Tommy Beer coming at you with uh, another edition of Orange and Blue Bloods, a WFAN Odyssey original podcast focused on the New York Knicks. We will be talking plenty NBA Summer League as a Vegas Summer League kicked off. The Knicks had their first few games. We'll give you guys our outlooks on that. Also on the show, Obi Toppin speaks for the first time since being traded. We'll give you what he said about his minutes and what he's anticipating doing now that he is out of New York and with the Indiana Pacers. So we'll give our final thoughts on that kind of wrap a bow on the Obi Toppin saga in New York. And the NBA has an all new addition to its regular season. The in-season tournament uh, will begin this November. Do I like it? Do Tommy, does Tommy like it? Find out after this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So Tommy Beer joins me as always. Tommy, Summer League, Obi, in-season tournament. For a, 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 a season in a sport that we say, oh, you know, is it no downtime? It feels like it feels like every time we think, okay, it's gonna get a little dead, then more stories pick up, more news picks up. Uh, it just feels like this sport once again continues to become a 12 month uh affair. Yeah, it's one of the reasons we love this dang sport so much, DJ. Uh, there's not games, there's actual uh, you know, there's, there's not actual games, there's trade drama and superstars demanding trades, and will they get will the teams get back what they want? Mm. and um, and then, you know, uh, the, you know, free agency and, uh, you know, there's, there's always something going on. We still got some, a couple restricted guys floating around out there. Um, but, and, uh, and then we have the youngins coming in. Um, we saw a little bit of Wembayana this weekend. Yep. Um, and, uh, we saw some Knicks games, which uh, weren't all that entertaining, but no. give, us something to talk about. <laughs> give, give us something to talk about nonetheless. Right. Yeah, a little painful to be honest. <laughs> we'll talk about them anyway because this is what uh, we're we're meant to do, right? So again, this is Orange and Blue Bloods, uh, a New York Knicks policy and Odyssey WFAN original podcast. You can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto download feature on your streaming service. Get these episodes every time you drop 
Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. We post uh, the full episodes of the podcast on the Odyssey and WFAN channels. So find us there. So let's begin with the action at the NBA 2K24 Summer League kicking off in Las, in Las Vegas. This is in full swing. Knicks began play on Saturday, losing to the Sixers. Then again on Sunday, losing to the Nets. So what happened in these games? Well, you had Daquan Jeffries, a player who was on the Knicks roster for parts of last season. He was a standout in the first game. He did score 20 points in a 110-101 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. He did not play uh, Sunday after suffering a hip contusion. He actually made a move to the basket and fell hard on his hip on an and one. That was a really impressive play in the first game. And I think that's where he got hurt. And that's why he did not play in, uh, in the second game. Knicks are apparently being cautious. He's listed as day-to-day. Uh, meanwhile, other guys that maybe stood out, Charlie Brown, an undrafted 26-year-old out of St. Joseph's University in uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, he's been the team's second leading scorer in these games. He's averaging 16.5 points a game, shooting a pretty good percentage, around 50%. Other notables uh, include Isaiah Roby, who is a former 2019 second-round pick. He signed a uh, non-guaranteed deal with the Knicks at the end of the 2023 season that uh, kicks into this season for about $400,000. Uh, he... Uh, scored uh, 12 points in Sunday's loss. Undrafted rookie Jalen Martin, the kid that played at overtime elite, previously played at Florida State University uh, High School for Charlie Ward, former Knicks point guard, former Knicks first-round pick. He had 15 points and, and six assists in his second game on Sunday, so much better showing than his first game where he looked a little nervous. Meanwhile, the Knicks 2023 second-round pick Trevor Keels, struggling so far. He's averaging just five points on 30.8%. Uh, shooting through two games, averaging about two assists, playing some point, playing some combo guard, but uh, not having much of an impact in these games so far. Overall, some leagues marked the debut of some high-profile rookies. You got Victor Wembanyama, who bounced back from a poor first game to score 27 in the second game. You had Scoot Henderson and Amen Thompson uh, battle in a game in that first game. Neither of those guys played because uh, they got hurt in that game uh, in the second games, but both guys battling are uh, looking impressive in their, in their second game. Uh, Brandon Miller, who played against Wimbayama in the first game, has been playing out there. Also, some second year players. You got uh, the kid from uh, Jabari Smith from Houston, uh, who's been impressive as well. So, uh, starting with the Knicks, Tommy, takeaways from those first two games. This is kind of an interesting summer league because I know we didn't get to preview it much last week. But this is not a Knicks summer league team that has, like, you know, prospects that, you know, are, are playing significant minutes for the Knicks. Like, it's, you know, Kills who maybe got, like, a, a coffee and a, and, a, and, a, and a donut on the bench at one point during the Knicks season last year, but rarely played uh, Daquan Jeffries, who, again, also probably got a coffee, but not guys who are first-round picks, not guys who played a lot of minutes, not guys that are, quite frankly, expected to play a lot of minutes this year. So what, if anything, are you taking away from these summer league uh, games for this Knicks Summer league squad. Yeah, I think you were right at first, DJ. Like it, these games have been tough to watch. You know, like I miss, <laughs> yeah. I miss watching basketball games basically since the finals ended, and you know all the talk about free agency and all that stuff is great. But uh, love to watch some some actual hoops. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, they have the, what we've seen has not been uh, overly encouraging. Um, as as you mentioned, the Knicks only had. At one draft pick in the last two drafts, that that's a second yeah. rounder, mid second rounder, he is um, two years ago. Uh, they didn't have any draft picks this this previous you know 2023 last month. 
Um, so, you know, yeah, there are other teams coming in with star power and Wembayanas and Scoot Hendersons and Brandon Millers and all these guys that fans are uh, super excited to, uh, to to watch for the first time. The good news right. is that means that the, the reason the Knicks don't have a lottery pick is because they made the playoffs last year and, uh, you know, they're on an upward trajectory and uh, traded their other pick. But um, as far as who, who's in the building, you know, as, as far as who's we, who, who we have seen from a Knicks perspective, um, I thought Daquan Jeffries was the best player on the floor um, in that game Saturday. Uh, you know, he yeah. played well. Um, uh, in his, uh, you know, uh, you know, it, 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 he's had a couple, as you mentioned, had a couple of coffees in the, a couple of cups of coffee in the NBA for a couple of different teams. Played well in the G League last year, averaged twenty points, mm-hmm. uh, shooting forty eight percent from the floor, thirty eight percent from downtown. Um, you could tell he just looked like confident and, and and established himself as kind of the the alpha male on the on the Knicks squad right away. It's unfortunate um, that he busted his hip you know, late in that third quarter there or that fall. Um, we'll see if he plays these games this week. Um, so that was in encouraging you know the Knicks just have 14 players on their roster currently um as it stands right now I think he has a legit chance to be that 15th guy um at yeah. least he'll have an opportunity to go into training camp and earn it um Jay uh Martin you know has been kind of a little bit up and down um which is expected 19 year old kid um limited competition playing in in the overtime elite um you know so it's but it's good to see him you know you see the flashes uh 6'6 Really, you know, I think he has a seven-foot wingspan, seven-one wingspan. Yeah. Um, dynamic athlete. Mechanics on the shot look pretty good. Um, he was just yeah. three of eleven. He's just three of eleven from downtown yesterday. Um, but shot looks smooth. Um, you know, all, all that stuff that you want to see. Uh, all those, all the, all that clay is there. Um, you know that that you can work with and, and potentially mold into a contributor. Um, on the flip side of the coin, um, uh, Trevor Keels doesn't look like an NBA player. Um, it's it's tough to say yeah. that. Uh, about a kid, you know, just a, a year removed from college, uh, relatively high, highly recruited player at Duke. Um, I thought the second round draft pick made sense from him. Um, they're trying to use him at point guard, so it's pro- probably a little bit out of his comfort zone. But again, he's six three, six four, um, so he's probably not big enough to play the two. Um, but he just doesn't, you know, hasn't made an impact. We'll see a couple games left. Um, you know, they'll probably bring him back to the G League. So, you know, we'll see if he can earn, um, you know, you know, some consistent minutes there. But didn't look good in the G League last year. Um, so when you're not kind of, um, you know, uh, establishing yourself as one of the elite guys in these lesser levels, these lesser rungs of competition, not a great sign for uh, his Knicks future going forward. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not like there are a bunch of stars that were drafted behind him where you feel right. – you know, oh man, the Knicks really screwed this up. <laughs> like, because we've had that in the past. Like, there is no Nicole Jokic who was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. It appears in this past 2022 draft. Now we'll see. Of course, these guys are all still very young players, but a lot of some of these players that were drafted behind them haven't even played in the NBA yet. So, um, but yes, I, I think Trevor Keels in many ways was the story for me in a negative way. I know he's super young. But he looks so far away from being an NBA player that you do wonder, given he's a second round pick, given the time frame for him to figure it out is relatively short. You know, it's not like you're a first round pick with guaranteed money coming to you four years in your league. So you can kind of work your way through maybe by the fourth year, figure it out. Like this is kind of the year where he kind of has to like show something. And I think to, to look the way he's looked in the summer league to start is a little disheartening. Um, again, he is so young, so I, I won't I won't say, oh, he can't be an NBA player at all. Do I think it will be with the Knicks? I haven't seen anything to suggest that that would be the case. He didn't really impress much last year in the summer league. Um, I didn't think like his 
from what I saw, I didn't think he, he really stood out much even in the G League. Like he wasn't putting up huge, huge numbers there at all. He was so, the seventh team's seventh leading scorer last season. Right, right. So he wasn't putting up big numbers in the G League. Um again, he barely got any time on the on the big club. So yeah, the Trevor Kills pick not looking great. It was not a pick I liked when it happened. I, I was not a Trevor Kills guy when he got when he when he got drafted. Um so I don't want to say I'm shocked that he's struggling as much as he is, but I think what's gonna what's gonna have to happen is he's gonna have to find a role in terms of is he a true point guard where I'm just distributing and getting guys involved, which you would think given what he had sex with that dude, they would think that kind of be like that wouldn't be to his strengths, you know, because right. his strengths is his ability to get to the basket and to get downhill. And if he is just a you know a floor general type guy, like I don't know, you can get a lot of guys like that and guys who are much more equipped to be that role guys who are quite frankly a little better shape to pick up guys full court and defend something that he's not able to do so it's it's a tough spot for him or is he a shooter or is he a guy just on the wing and he's a guy looking to make shots again he's not a natural shooter so it, it, it's tough he's one of those players to me that i talk about when i when i break down draft you know foot you know content or do draft content and break down draft footage is that like you can't have guys who need to be uh everything and all things for their college team coming to the NBA thinking that they can do that. Like Trevor Keels was a jack of all trade to Duke because Duke was a team that needed him to do a lot, but you're not going to get that many shots. You're not going to get any opportunities playing next to Brunson and Randall and all these other guys that are better than him at this point. So hopefully Keels can, can turn around and play a little better. I think he can play better than this. Um, I, I think that he's pressing a little bit. So because um, this is, I mean, he's playing really poorly right now, but yes, that, that to me was one of the big takeaways, him struggling so much. I, I do think that, Daquan Jeffries, it's tough that he only played one game because yeah. it feels like him, Roby, and I mean Charlie Brown's been pretty impressive. I don't know where he fits in though as a wing, um, but I think Michael Brown are like the probably the three guys you look at and say, okay, these guys for that backup four role are probably the guys trying to get that last spot on the roster. Maybe Jeffries can kind of play some combo four. Roby's more of a, of a traditional four. Those I feel like are the guys you really gotta look at and say, okay, these are the guys that maybe can get a spot in this team and maybe even get some minutes. Right, right, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see how it you know how it plays out. Um, but uh, you know, uh, as far as the the Keels thing, he has a, one thing going in his favor: the NBA increased the number of ten day contracts. Uh, I'm sorry, two way contracts from yeah. two to three guys per team now. So there's a chance, additional chance for him to stick on. But to your point, you know, he's getting at that point in his development. You know, a year plus from from the from when he was drafted there are just so many young guys that are fighting for these two-way contracts now they're fighting for these spots in the league these young guys coming out of overtime elite um you know guys that we haven't had a chance to see play like on the on the college level um, but scouts are at all these events uh, at the peach jams at the uh you know at, at these overtime elites at these g league night practices you know they these are these are the guys that that have a better chance of you know because you basically don't want to miss kind of that diamond in the rough that hasn't had a chance to kind of, you know, show his wares on the, on the national stage yet. So um, we'll see. Um, I thought Roby's played pretty well. I think that's the other guy that a lot of Nick fans yeah. 
an eye on coming in here. Um, you know, there was report, uh, you know, in the days ahead that, you know, obviously, well, you know, the, the, he is the only other essential, true, uh, prototypical power forward on the Knicks roster as we speak. Um, so would he, you know, kind of prove himself uh, capable of handling minutes, backup minutes behind Julius Rand? A lot of talk about Christian Woods still out there, even though he's obviously not a great fit with Tibbs and there's a reason he's still out there. And you right. or do they bring in another veteran type guy, you know, with a Taj Gibson kind of space holder um, that can play 10 to 15 minutes, you know, and then, you know, spot start in emergency. Um, but, you know, Roby's a guy on their roster. Um, that, that, you know, would obviously get first crack, you would assume, at, at some backup minutes. Um, didn't play well in game one, was, uh, uh, you know, didn't make much of an impact, played better uh, Sunday night, um, you know, 12 and 6, and uh, knocked down a couple three-pointers, which was encouraging because, um, you know, Tibbs likes to have his four shoot threes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. The other thing to keep in mind with Roby um, – is uh, the post reported that he, um, you know, he's, he's actually just cleared by doctors uh, medically two weeks ago. Um, mm. So he's, you know, he had a pretty significant ankle injury uh, in late February, early March. I forget which one, but um, late in the season, the uh, reason why he was let go by the Spurs and the reason why the Knicks were able to scoop him up and sign him. Um, so he was actually just clear. So he's, you know, he's talked about kind of just getting his legs underneath him, getting his conditioning. It's the reason he wanted to go out to Vegas. Um, so, you know, that's something to keep in mind. He'll, uh, probably get a little bit more of an extended run in the preseason contest if the Knicks don't bring in another big body, another four, uh, take some minutes there. Yeah, Roby, I think, will be an interesting player. He was a guy during his draft that, you know, people looked at and said, hey, this guy, maybe he'll sneak into the first round or the back end. So um, he's, a, he's a guy that has been around the league for a little bit. He's been on a couple of teams now. I've got yeah, he started 60-plus so. games for the Thunder, so he's got some experience. Right, exactly. So, so it, I think – I think they want him to be that guy. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, only because it just leaves you so thin. Like, the Knicks are a team that don't have a lot of size coming off the defensive side, I, I, I heart. And if you are going with Roby as your pseudo four, if Randall, God forbid, knock on wood, there's some kind of injury, I mean, you know, who's starting at the power forward? It's, I don't. I still think it would be Roby. I think it would probably be Josh Hart, I guess. But now you're yeah. become now you become a much smaller team. The fabric and the landscape of your team is entirely different. So I don't know. I I, I feel like there's something Knicks have to address more aggressively than, than than Isaiah Roby. That that's like the instinct I have. You know, Randall's been extremely durable, but you know, just feel like you're just kind of waiting for something bad to happen only because he's been so durable. Like I, I think kind of playing with fire, saying that we're going to go with two power forwards and one of them is Roby. I don't know. I, I would be surprised that I wouldn't be surprised because I think I think that's what they want. But I, I think that that would be a little scary, uh, to be honest. It's a dangerous situation. And that's I, I mean, you can kind of, you know, sketch out different scenarios, the direction, you know, direct the seat ahead. Um, that's that one would be tough to overcome. You know, if you don't have a legit backup, you know, at your position, um, you know, Brunson goes down for th three weeks. IQ can, can, you know, start, um, Grimes goes down. They have plenty of options, uh, you know, at, at, at IQ and, uh, they can slide Barrett down to two and put Josh Hart at the three. They just, they just have plenty of options. McBride can, can play some point, can play some two. Um, obviously Mitch Robb and Isaiah Hardenstein should one of those, you know, one of those gets dinged in the other one starts and Sims slides in as the backup um the right. one thing that they don't have now is is uh you know is, is a formidable backup for julius randall and yes we know he's proven durable but um you know you don't like to go into a season without an insurance policy and that's um you know something that uh that the knicks seem to be headed towards um again 
plenty of time. We still got, you know, two plus months before we even uh, head off to training camp. So they got, they got some time to address it. doesn't seem like they're, uh, they're motivated to do so, however. So you had the Knicks play, which was its own thing. Again, a lot of not great play. But then we had some great play in other places, one of them being the second game we saw from Victor Wimbenyama, a player that a lot of people were excited to see. First game, not so great. The defense was good, and he made some good passes, but he shot two for 13, couldn't find the touch. He was a little sloppy with the ball, hit the floor a couple times dribbling. It was not the greatest performance. Second game, totally different story. Shot was there, 27 points, dominant on both ends. What were your thoughts on the Victor Wembayama experience over the weekend? Yeah, I think obviously people are going to overreact one way or the other. You know, poor first game, he's going to be a bust. The great second game, he's going to be cream. Um, you know, obviously the truth lies probably somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, I, it's just a lot of, you know, what we saw, you know, Wembayama is the rare um, European prospect this day and age that we saw a lot of, you know, you, if, if, right. you're, if you're on NBA Twitter, if you watch NBA TV streamed his games, like five or six of his games, um, the app, he was on the app. You could watch these games there. So this is kind of what we saw, you know, just an incredible mind boggling combination of size, um, uh, athleticism, handles, shot blocking ability, shot making ability, um, got up for the big spots, um, you know, good vision, uh, interior passing, uh, get his foot in the paint, kick out to an open shooter, not overly selfish, um, all that good stuff that, uh, you know, that makes him a generational prospect. Um, that said, I can't help but feel that kind of Porzingis-esque anxiety mm -hmm. around watching that when he falls, when he when right. he gets to the ground, goes to the ground. Those are the things that you have to worry about if you're a Spurs fan. You know, eventually you kind of get over it. You know, he'll prove himself durable, hopefully, um, you know, you know, starting his rookie season. But um, again, that's what was my biggest concern coming in the history of NBA players, seven, three plus and, you know, their feet and legs and knees and ankles um, is not great. So hopefully he's, uh, you know, he's the outlier uh, he, and he bucks that trend. Um, but I'd be lying if I didn't say, if I didn't gasp a couple times, yeah. anyway, I'm hoping that he'd be okay. Yeah, the whole Tiger Woods Wentz meme whenever uh, yep. Wimby hits the floor. Yeah, that I mean, it, it, it's striking watching him on the court against other NBA-level yes. size, NBA-level strength. They might not be – they're clearly not NBA-level skill. He's watched right. that over the last two weeks, two, uh, two or three days. But um, definitely the size and strength. So – when you see him take those falls, you see him banging with some of these guys, like, oh, wow, okay, this is kind of striking because he is so thin. Yes. Um, so that's something you got to continue to follow. But, I mean, his skill set is still unreal. I mean, I thought even the game he played poorly, a lot of that I felt was missed shots. I mean, yes. I felt like if he made, you know, half of those shots he missed, that, you know, subpar bad game turns into a good game that maybe you say, okay, he needs to work on turnovers and stuff. Um, then the second game, though, you see those shots go in and then he looked a little more comfortable. I also thought that, the Spurs made an interesting decision not to play him in Sacramento. I think some of that had to do with some of the whirlwind travel he had been doing. I think that might have been a mistake, or that may not a mistake, but I think it maybe set him up for a bad first game in Vegas. Right. Let me say that. Like maybe it was the right thing to do, but like you had a team, I thought in that first game, that was like, you know, had some chemistry, kind of knew what they wanted to do, and then you just plop. A seven foot five yep. unicorn say, Hey, go figure it out with this guy. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got a whole roster of guys who are trying to make the team a Spurs team that has plenty of spots to fill. You know, yep. there's there's his minutes available. It didn't seem like the greatest marriage, the greatest ability to help to allow him to succeed. 
I, I like this positioning a lot better for him in the second game where they can seem to have a little more chemistry with him. I saw one of the players said that we were going to work harder to get him more involved. I'm sure, you know, Pop told the coach coaching team to tell the guys, hey, give my guy the ball. So um, so I, I think that that's that led a lot, I think, to his success that he got a little more chemistry playing with these guys. The guys got a little more chemistry playing with him. And and then he he had confidence clearly, but uh, I mean the skill set is unreal. I mean the dri- um, the way he dribbles, the way he passes, um, and and the jump shot is is spotty, but like when he's knocking them down, I mean he's unguardable. And, and um, if he continues to continue that shot, he's gonna be he's gonna be a great player if if he can continue to to knock down shots like that. Definitely, and I think he will. Um, and shout out to Julian Champ, Penny St. John's product, who's looked great for. Yeah, them. he's played really well. Yes, Brooklyn's in the house. And and the other and the other thing about Wemby is there'll be other. You know, a lot of rookies will come in and put up huge numbers. You know, um, and and it kind of impress folks that way. Wembyan is the rare rookie young player that's going to come into the league right away, and he can go two for thirteen and still positively impact right. your team. Like you know, contribute. Have they said he's gonna play the other three games? Is he gonna play all five games in Vegas? Have they said that? I haven't seen that I don't know I don't I feel like they haven't really spoken much about the overall right. plan for him. Like I knew the first game he was gonna play. I wasn't sure he was gonna play the second game. I know with me, yeah what I, the situation I was gonna be. Right. Um so yeah so I haven't seen anything yet. I, I think yeah. the Spurs are keeping it close to the vest. Right. I would assume we see him at least one more time. I would be surprised if he plays in all five. Agreed. Uh, especially after the last game. If he puts on another good yes. game, I think that they'll just shut him down. Definitely. Any other players that stood out real quick before we uh, move on in summer league? I mean, I think Keontae Jordan, his first game uh, in Vegas, lit it up. And he was one of my favorites in this uh, this year's draft. I think uh, a lot of Jazz fans feeling really excited about getting a player that I saw some people saying, hey, you know, this kind of reminds us of Donald Mitchell when he lit it up at the summer league. And we thought, hey, maybe this guy could be the replacement for Gordon Hayward. And it turned out he was as a rookie. And I don't know if Keontae George could live up to what Donald Mitchell did as a rookie, but 33 points in the first uh, summer league game in Vegas, very impressive by him. Uh, J- uh, Jabari Smith looks like an entirely different player. I mean, yeah. this was a guy that was number one on my board last year. And he fell to three in the draft, struggled mightily most of last season. I don't want to just chalk it up totally to just coaching, but like I, it didn't feel like him and Steven Silas and that staff really knew how to like get the best out of him. And it, it was striking to me to see him, you know, in the first game where he's not being coached by that staff, the jump shot looks back that he is a beautiful shot that he was looked broken last year. Jump shot looks pure handles tight the confidence is tight he's shooting threes over james wiseman and telling the crowd this guy can't f with me on any level like I, we hadn't seen any of that jabari smith last year this is a guy that people thought could have been the number one pick i love that those are two guys so far that i've been really impressed by yeah uh smith is definitely the guy you got to start with in terms of standouts um you know for those fantasy basketball folks out there or those folks that collect cards or collectibles like Jabari Smith, that classic post hype sleeper um, that, that didn't, that, you know, people are going to forget about, you know, in, in yeah. fantasy drafts and stuff like, because he's not the Wembayana, he's not the, the hot name. He's not the, even the, the Bancaro, those type of guys, um, you know, but, but he is, he's the goods and uh, you know, based on his skill set, he's going to make an impact. Um, and, and the one other guy, um, Marquise Noel, um, Mr. New York yeah. city. There you go. Yeah. He scored, he looks scored really good. 17 uh, against the bulls in the, in the Raptors debut. He's a guy I, I keep my eye on. Um, been a fan of him since his college days. Played poorly in game two, but um, I was happy to see him kind of, uh, you know, show out a little bit in that uh, NBA debut. Yeah, he's one of the guys you just feel like he's gonna he's gonna find a way. 
I yep. don't know. He's just yep. the way he plays, his tenacity, uh, his skill level. He's just yes. he's a tough kid. He's a he's a, he's a he's a talented kid. He may be short, but he makes up for anything. The size stuff he makes up for in all other categories. So yep. um, I think he's been also. I agree, a standout as well, especially in that first game. So we'll continue to follow the summer league as things progress. But um, plenty of other things happening in Vegas, including many players being introduced to their new teams, including. One Obi Toppin, who speaks for the first time after being traded by the Knicks last week. When asked about his time in New York, Obi Toppin said this. Had a great time with the Knicks. Um, obviously, it's been a dream to, to uh, have the opportunity to play in MSG and obviously put that Knicks jersey on. But, uh, like... It was great players there, great coaches. Uh, everybody was amazing there. Um, uh, but definitely super excited to have this new journey and uh, start out here in Indiana. So, um, yeah, super excited for that. So that was Obi Toppin saying that he enjoyed his time playing for the Knicks, enjoyed his teammates, enjoyed uh, the coaching staff. Here was more when asked about the new opportunity that has presented him with the Pacers, perhaps an opportunity he did not have in New York. Is there something that could have been done differently that could have made it work? I mean, um, all I can do uh, is is just do whatever the coaches is asking me to do, um, whether that's being up there on the floor, having great energy, um, doing whatever I needed to do to help the team win. Um, like, I ain't get the minutes I wanted, but... Uh, but now it's just it's a new start. I'm here in Indy. I gotta work for everything I gotta uh I, I want. So I'm super excited to start that. So the big quote there, Obi saying, I didn't get the minutes I wanted. Now, um, he was asked further about his time in New York. So he was at he was asked about that now semi-infamous altercation that we heard possibly leaked audio of with Tom Thibodeau after the game four loss. In Miami, he was asked about that. He said that he really didn't want to talk about that. He was leaving that behind him, which suggests that he's acknowledged that it did happen, but but uh, he didn't want to talk about that incident. So um, Obi had this uh, this introduction with the Pacers uh, media. Nick's media also was there as well. Plenty of them were asking questions. Uh, are you surprised that he 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 actually came out and said that he he didn't like the minutes he was getting in New York? Like he was pretty you know, straight down the middle in terms of being grateful about his time with the Knicks, but he, he did put that out there that he, he didn't get the minutes that he wanted. Yeah. I, I think um, he did it in a, a respectful way, as respectful as possible, you know, without, without lying, he kind of skirted the issue and ducked it a couple of times. And then finally just yeah. said, yeah, I didn't get the minutes, you know, but um, you know, it's not, I, I wasn't surprised that he handled it in a classy manner, you know, basically since he arrived, he's done the right things. There's a lot of other college players of the year, top 10 picks that would not have handled the situation uh, as uh, as well as Obi did because there was reasons for him to be unhappy with the allocation of minutes. Yeah. Not only did he – obviously, we know about the Julius Randle situation, but Tibbs' refusal to experiment with Obi and Randle at the four and five, uh, you know, is it, the opportunity to, to let – Obi play a little bit more in, in blowouts and take Randall out again. It's just, uh, we've, we've gone over and over and over yeah. again. It was just the worst kind of confluence of circumstances that Obi fell into um, in terms of Thibodeau arriving and Randall developing into a, you know, unforeseen 
all NBA uh, performer. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, you, you got to give credit to Obi. And the one other thing um, from the news uh, regarding the Obi situation is that we found out the details on the second round picks. Um, yes. And, and somehow they're even worse than we originally uh, thought. <laughs> um, for those that didn't hear the details, the Pacers will send New York the least favorable of their own second round selection or the Sun second rounder in 2028 and the least favorable of their own second rounder or the Washington Wizards second round pick in 2029. So basically you're looking at two picks uh, almost certainly in the 40s or 50s, you know, back half of the second half, um, you know, in 28, 29. Um, remarkable how little Obi got, you know, got in return um, after investing a top 10 pick in him just three years later. Yeah, many Knicks fans I saw on Twitter when they saw the return on the Obi Toppin trade, this was their reaction. It's a joke, right? It's a joke, Goose, right? You ribbing me? You ribbing me? No. 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 No! No! <laughs> yeah, people weren't happy. Um, yeah, those those picks are, are are those picks are not good, but I mean, this is where we're at. You know, um Toppin's value clearly wasn't that high. Um, I did think it was interesting. I don't know if you saw that. During the whole Paul George negotiation, I think this was Michael Scott. So if it was, shout out to him of who type. I believe he he said that the Knicks started with the offer centered around OB Grimes, multiple first round picks, and Evan Fournier's filler. Uh, Clippers didn't go for that surprise. Um, right. That then made OB Toppin available to these other trades, and that's when the Clippers countered with RJ Barrett and Grimes and three first round picks, and that's when the Knicks balked considering they have to then give George a contract extension. So right. um, I thought the Knicks handled that well. Um, if that was, if that's the timeline, how things went first offer was the right yep. offer. Yep. Second offer, probably too much. And then George says, you want a contract extension. That's when you walk away. Yep. So um, that I think was OB adjacent news that came out as well. Uh, this past weekend that I thought was interesting, but I, I, I like how the Knicks handled that. It's unfortunate. They pivoted from OB being a part of a trade to get a player to two of the worst second round picks probably ever traded <laughs> but uh this is i guess what 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 happened and know? and the other tough part is in you know retrospect you know talking about he was Kobe was one of the main guys that the knicks may have sent out in the donovan mitchell trades so you you talk about his value a year ago as opposed to his value you know they they trade him at the absolute nadir of his value um yeah. you know he's a you know he's going to be a free agent and you know it didn't have any you know it's just it really was the if you're going to trade a guy and you are committed to julius Randall, like the Knicks clearly are, then trade the player while he still has value, whether that be last summer, whether that be at the deadline. Um, you know, maybe, you know, the opportunities didn't arise. Um, but again, you know, to, to, to trade him now is, is is really painful. But we've we've seen it. The same sort took advantage of the situation, um, created uh, Duarte, which was a uh, the, the kid out of Oregon that, that the Knicks wanted. They traded him for a yeah. second round or two. So it happens. Yeah, it's funny. I, Obi's career, I really expected him to kind of like take like the Todd Gibson role we saw in Chicago, where Todd Gibson was someone that was coming off the bench, but was playing a lot of minutes. Like he was playing 25, 28 minutes in some seasons off the bench. And I thought that that's what he was being groomed to do eventually, which would have allowed him to put up more numbers, which then would have actually allowed him to have more trade value. But as we've talked about, like the, the, unwillingness to try to play Ovi and Randall in any extended minutes on the floor together or to limit Randall's minutes just a little bit to get over more time, uh, left the Knicks uh, where they were with this. So 
that kind of wraps the Obi Toppin saga. I guess the next time we'll probably be talking about Obi Toppin is when the Pacers come to New York or when the Knicks go to the Pacers, uh, whichever situation that happens, wherever that happens, it will be, uh, that'll be every next time we talk about Obi. Those will be fun games. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about Obi Toppin starting at the four against Julius Randle, that's going to be, I mean. And and tips, and tips, you know, he might have to, you know. Yeah, that those are gonna be those are gonna be must watch games. He actually talked about, um, you know, his brother Jacob, who was signed by the Knicks. He's not playing in the summer league because of an injury. He said they asked him, you know, did you think there was a chance that you would uh play with your brother? And he responded, "I'm happy for my brother. I'm looking forward to seeing him on the court." So I thought that answer was obviously no. <laughs> he did not expect to play with his brother because <laughs> he expected to be traded. Um, yeah, I thought that was his way of answering the question by not answering the question, but. If that's a situation too, where maybe Jacob is, maybe he's the backup for. If he earns a spot in the training game, he outplays the guys that are there. Could yeah. you see a top and versus top and matchup at Madison Square Garden? So, uh, all things to follow. But I guess best of luck to Obi Top and the guy who I think most Knicks fans appreciated, uh, even though uh, it did not work out the way all of us had hoped. So, uh, we'll wrap the show talking about uh, this NBA regular season that is three months away. It now has a big wrinkle in the early part of the slate the nba unveiled uh details for its inaugural in-season tournament the world cup style competition will feature all 30 teams split up in a total of uh six groups three in the east three in the west group play will begin november 3rd it will take place every tuesday and friday of november the team's the best records in their group will advance to the knockout stage. Then there will be two wild cards that will be selected among the rest of the teams. That will be selected by the teams that have the best records that don't win their group. So you'll have the six group winners, then the two wild cards from each, uh, you know, one from each, one from the West, one from the East. Then you'll have your quarterfinals beginning December 4th and 5th. Then you'll have the final four, which will take place in Las Vegas, Nevada, December 7th to the 9th winning team. They'll get the first ever NBA Cup. $500,000 will be awarded to all players. Uh, Runner-ups will get $200,000. The Knicks are placed in Group B. It is a group that includes the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, the Washington and the Charlotte Hornets. So, Tommy, a lot of discussion about this in-season tournament now that we know all the details as of right now. Are you a fan of the new in-season tournament? Yeah, I guess I'm on the fence a little bit. Um, I'm not. I'd, I'd be lying if I said I was overly excited about it. But I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how it plays out, what it has to offer. Um, I'll fully admit that I was a, a little bit hesitant about embracing the play-in format when they kind of expanded that um, a couple of years ago. I think it's been a great job by the league. So I'm definitely happy to give Adam Silver and company the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I think it'll be fun. You know, give us you know fans a little something more to talk about. Um, I think there's some some interesting potential there for um you know guys getting a feel of some pressure moments young teams and yeah. you know and all that good stuff so uh yeah i i i'm i'm happy they did it um i'm not sure how big of a success it'll be but um yeah i i am i am uh cautiously optimistic that it'll catch on um i uh how you feel i am all in on, on the in season tournament i acknowledge that it is not perfect i acknowledge that there probably needs to be bigger stakes i think that that will come so maybe i'm being naive with that but thinking that that will come i'm not going to freak out that there isn't something more on the line uh i would put a lottery pick on the line i maybe put a potential 
playoff spot on the line. And I think eventually that will happen. I know in the ESPN reporting they had over the weekend, um, they said that that was something that was discussed, putting a playoff spot on the line. They elected not to do that. Uh, makes me wonder if that will be something that they comes up maybe in a future uh, iteration of this tournament. But I'm all in. Like, we have, you know, even outside the, you know, the soccer example where they talk about the FA Cup, which is the, uh, this, this cup that happens among all the teams in England. It, it, and and essentially, it's a tournament that involves not just the Premier League, the top league, but all the leagues. And they all play in a tournament and anybody's eligible to win. It's not an apples to apples thing that the NBA is doing because the NBA is not including the G League. It's not including, you know, uh, any other minor leagues, just including themselves. But I think a better example is really what we see with college basketball, with the uh, season or early season tournaments that we see. Now we invitational, preseason NIT. Uh, you know, the, the night invitation, like those are really good events. Like those are events that people get excited for. Those are events that uh, produce marquee matchups early in the season. And I don't see why this can't kind of have that effect. It's the start of the NBA season. People are just getting in, into it. They may watch the first week of the season and they kind of tune out because it's football time. Well, maybe this will be something that they can get them going. You know, maybe the group play won't be as exciting, but once you get I think, to a quarterfinals, you know, there's something on the line. I think that you'll see teams play well. Uh, or a play, play, you know, seriously, not going to play like the NBA Finals, but they'll they'll give a good effort. They'll put the game together. And I, I think that this is really interesting. Like, there's we, – we can talk so much about how the NBA regular season is, you know, outdated and needs to be updated and, you know, we need to find a way to get the regular season to mean something. Like, I, 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 I was a little – taken aback at how many people were so angry <laughs> when they said announced that this was happening and announced the details i'm like you guys complain all year about how terrible the nba regular season is and here they're doing something new innovative different and then it was like oh i hate this thing i'm like well what do you want i mean do you, do you what, what do you want you want them to play nba playoffs for 82 games like that's not possible like they're trying to give something here and i'm excited about it i, I want to see how i want to see how this thing shakes out i think this is gonna be one of those things that people complain about today and then it's going to happen, and we're going to be in December talking about, man, those, like, games in Vegas ended up being pretty fun. And it's going to be like, yeah, of course they were. Like, why did we think this was going to be whack? I don't understand it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think those people are just looking for anything to complain about, you know, like anything that that's – one thing I was a little bit surprised about was that that the, the, the to be an early December. I thought they might try to space it out a little bit for after the end of the NFL regular season so that be, yeah. you know, that little – there's a little lull – uh, kind of feed into that, but you know you can't really avoid the the NFL completely because it's going to go into February, and that now you're talking about three quarters of the way through the season, and now you're t- closer to the NBA playoffs. Um, so they didn't they didn't really have much you know wiggle room there. Um, but yeah, no, I agree yeah, with my, you. I my think, think my uh, my thought was they were probably trying to avoid having this anywhere around Christmas. Um, true. I think they probably want Christmas to be its own thing, its own showcase. Uh, so right, like, right, how do you right. so like? How later can you do it after Christmas? You know, can you do it at, you know, right before the All-Star break? That might be a little late in the season. It's like it was a tricky game they tried to play. I agree. I think it should have been a little later. But I think that that's what they were trying to avoid was anything maybe handicapping or, or, or messing with the Christmas slate they're trying to put together as well. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if they considered playing the final four games on Christmas Day. You know, maybe. maybe oh, that could have been interesting. 
you yeah. know, and then and then you know maybe New Year's Eve play the you know New Year's Day play the, the championship game. I, you know, they, but again, this is their they're they're just mess. You know, this is the first iteration of it. They'll you know learn some lessons. You know, see how they can improve, see how they can advance, and all that that type of other stuff. But um, I think it's a credit to the again worst case scenarios. It doesn't work, and you go back to what you've done for seventy years. Right. Um, but so I credit the NBA for for being forward thinking. Um, again, to you know to, to the people that you know have have spoken about it. The, the you know the 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 soccer style tournaments are a huge success they uh, are. in England, in Europe. Um, they generate a ton of interest and excitement and and uh, and tension and rivalries and, and all that other stuff. So um, I don't really see how this, you know, how, how this can fail. Um, well, you know, some people aren't going to be interested in some people don't tune into the NBA till after the NFL season. Well, you know, so be it. But there are a lot of us that, that love every preseason game. So this I is know. Before, so. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been one who doesn't. And I don't know if it's because I think I think the problem is because you you and I are not casuals. Like I I don't like see I don't sing this chorus about the NBA regular season being so terrible. Like yeah. I guess for me, like I guess that comes from people who are like waiting to tune in on TNT or tune in on ESPN on Wednesday or Friday or Thursday and are expecting a big matchup and then seeing right. you know ADs out again or something. And then right, right, maybe right. those are the people that are getting upset. Like for me, I was like, I don't know. I watched that Nick regular season. I don't know how you could have watched that season and thought that that was boring or that <laughs> wasn't good basketball. Like that, those games were very competitive. The Knicks were not like, blowing teams out all night. Um, their players played a lot. It wasn't like they were resting guys all over the place. Like it was just like, I guess it's like this reality that people live in that this NBA regular season is like so terrible. It's like, I don't know. Like I, I watch baseball. I see guys take games off all the time. Like, I don't, I don't know what the difference is. Like, I mean, maybe you're not trying to be like baseball. Maybe that's the problem, but like, yeah. I, it, like, I don't, I don't resonate with that, I guess, because I'm not someone who's like, I, if I don't get my Giannis versus Jokic match in November, like I'm going to be really mad. Like, it, it, like, I don't know. That doesn't like, Drive me crazy. There's like five of the games on. I'm sure I could find someone good, or maybe the Knicks are playing, and whoever they're playing is probably gonna be a good match because the Knicks aren't good enough to like run through teams. So even though they're playing a bad team, they're probably pretty competitive. They're playing a good team, they're good enough to compete. So like it's usually fine. I don't know. I I, I don't resonate with this like hatred for the NBA regular season. I, I, I we're of the of like mind in that in that same respect. And again, back, circling back to the playing tournament, you know, like every right. game for the Knicks is important. All eighty two games are important. Next year, every game the Hawks play is going to be important. You know, all these all these teams kind of jumbled in the middle. Can the Bucks take some nights off? Can the Celtics? And you know, but really, the, the number of teams that are kind of you know the, the parity in the league. I think it's seven years in a row we've had you know seven different champions. You know, or non back to back champions. You know, like there's just I, I think is it's, it's good for the league i think it's trending in the right direction i think a lot of those narratives are from folks who don't watch a ton of basketball um I listen so do star players probably take too many games off yes but you got to understand that there's there's uh, it's not just the players deciding hey i'm tired i gotta right it's the teams yeah. it's the teams it's it's the it's the the, the billionaire owners that employ uh, data analysts and medical staffs that tell them right. it's better to play a guy 65 games than 82. So please do this. And the players say, okay, you know, I, I again, as, as we talked about during the season, the, the players have to do a better job from a PR standpoint of explaining yeah, that, yeah. Hey, you're not the ones, you know, saying that we never want to play it. There's a lot of other factors involved. And this will be the first year we have this 65 game cutoff rule. I believe it's 65 games yes, for these awards. Too. Yep. So we'll see how that affects things. Like maybe yep. you'll see more guys playing because they do want to get these awards. Some of these awards mean more money for all NBA and things like that. Yep. So um, so that is a factor in this as well.
what do you think about the Knicks draw? I mean, we have like we don't have a schedule yet, but we know okay, these are the teams that Knicks will be playing in the tournament situation. You got again the the Bucks, the Heat, the Wizards, and the Hornets. Like my thought process was, and actually shout out to Bart Winkler who does a uh, radio in Milwaukee and does radio CBS Sports Radio. He's of course a Bucks guy. We were kind of talking it through. I was wondering like if I'm a Nick fan, like should I be happy I got the Bucks in this because maybe they won't take it as seriously or maybe i should be upset and maybe they'll take it more seriously because they're like okay we'll rest Giannis in the non-tournament games but in these games we're playing for group play like he's gonna play and we're gonna like go hard like i was trying to figure out like did knicks get a good draw getting like the the bucks in the heat like two teams that you know are gonna like treat the regular season maybe not as seriously as like the knicks will be or did they get a, get a break uh you know like how did that work out a good point i hadn't thought of. i just assumed it was bad but you do make a, a decent point where the bucks might not place the same value on it as some other teams but i think you know now that i'm you know since you mentioned it my assumption is that adam silver won't put anything on paper and he won't uh, you know have any correspondence but he will let teams know do not sit your star players <laughs> we're going to have these games on tnt and espn yeah. and we're going to promote them and we're going to hype them obviously you know the final four games the championship games show up but also the first round or whatever you know each yeah. game um, make sure if you're sitting out monday or wednesday choose the the wednesday not the monday of, a, of, of the cup game so um i will say that um i just got an email uh, a little while ago right before we hopped on um, from one of the um, gambling sites. I don't even know which one this is. This is uh, sports betting online. Uh, they list the NBA Cup tournament champion odds. Um, so there are odds for this. That is, that is wild to me. Dude, dude, there are there are MV, MVP Cup tournament champion odds. MVP, <laughs> tournament, uh, M, uh, yeah, the players, the teams, the, the whole thing. Um, and I'll just t- take a quick look. The Heat are 8-1. Yeah. to one. Are actually ahead of the Bucks, which surprises me. Maybe that's assuming. Maybe that's what they're thinking. They're thinking that the Bucks, or maybe they're assuming Dame is uh, in Miami. Oh, that's true too. That's Um, interesting. Would they? Would they think that? I wonder how that would translate to. I'm sure the finals odds, and I'm not going to be like take it real quick, but I'm sure the finals odds aren't like that, right? They are. They they um released for some reason the they their differences between the cup tournament odds and the and the finals odds. So the NBA championship odds. Um, have the Nuggets, you know, the regular season NBA champion, right. the typical Larry O'Brien trophy. Um, Nuggets four to one, Celtics five to one, Suns six to one, Bucks seven to one, Heat nine to one, and then you got the Warriors and Lakers. Um, so Vegas thinks that the Heat will have a better chance to win the Cup, correct? Than the Bucks. They got the, the, that's the interesting. Interesting. I'm not very interesting. The Cup tournament, or they think that at least very think that people will pick the Heat to win more. True, true. And the and the Nuggets are not the favorites to win the cup tournament. The Celtics are maybe to your point, the Nuggets already won a championship. Won a championship really yeah. To win the, the you know, it's uh the Celtics. <laughs> I mean, this is interesting. I don't know how NBA fans don't look at this and say I this is at least interesting. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the world or that is as good as the NBA playoffs, but like this is a very interesting like exercise, I feel like. And it's gonna be interesting to see it play out. Yeah, so the so the cup tournament champions, um uh, first Celtics four to one, Nuggets five to one, Heat third at eight to one, Warriors ten to one, Lakers ten to one, Bucks ten to one, Suns ten to one. So they put those teams, maybe the teams that haven't had recent success that want to establish themselves, or the yeah. you know the, the veteran teams, you know yada yada yada. Let me give you the um, Cup tournament 
MVP odds. Uh, Dame Lillard, number one, four to one. Um, <laughs> that's cr- he's number one. That's number crazy. One. I my assumption is that that that's related to his trade to the Heat, and then he'll want to right. It has to it has to be. And yeah. then you got Jokic five to one, LeBron nine to one, Steph nine to one, Giannis eleven to one, and then KD and Booker twelve to one. Jokic is fourteen to one. So they they think they I mean they clearly think that Dame will get trades at Miami and then come on like game busters to start this season. Which I mean, I guess that is on the table. I mean, he's a great player, of course. It's just it is it is interesting to me that they weigh so much of a difference. It's a minor difference, but it's a difference in terms of like the heat and their chances of winning a tournament as opposed to a playoff. And maybe it makes sense. I mean, the heat we've seen them get to the finals, but once they get to the finals playing a seven game series against teams with that talent, they've been unable right. to, of course, win. They feel like, you know, in a one game scenario with these teams, oh. Jimmy, but Jimmy Butler and Spo making the adjustments. And now you got Dame Lillard. Now they feel like they have a much better chance. So uh, that this is interesting. Again, I, I'm a fan of it. I'm excited about it. Um, I can't wait to see how it shakes out. I hope the Knicks win it if they can. Like, I, I want them to win something. The I don't, I'm not going to. Did you see the trophy? It's it's like five feet it's, tall. Yeah, the trophy is gigantic. Yeah. Uh, the NBA Cup is the official Why name. Why did they name it the Jordan Cup or the Kobe Cup or something like that? They should. So that. that's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. So I guess it was – I don't think this was Joe Dumar. I think it was one of the other suits in the NBA offices. Forgive me to the person who said this. But they essentially said that they had did a long exercise when it came to naming not just the cup but right. also the tournament. Because the tournament is just named the NZs and tournaments, all the names. Right. But they then elected to not do it because they said that because this is so new, they kind of want this thing to kind of uh-huh. get legs before naming things. And then realizing, oh, well, maybe we should have named it something different, or maybe that, that something changes about the tournament. They also said, which was also interesting, we have partners who may be interested in, you know, what we uh, name this thing. Uh, so does this become the Sprite Challenge? Does this become oh, the Taco Bell Challenge? It's the Kia uh, you know, tournament for a billion dollars. Right. It's become the Kia in season tournament, or whatever. So, so there was those two aspects. So the first aspect may be a little more understandable. Yeah. Second one. A because little more, uh, you know, craving, craving capitalists, and it's the real reason, you know. Let, let's be right, honest, yeah, you know? exactly. There's going to be an ad on that cup by uh, by 2025, you know. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about the NBA 2K24 <laughs> summer league, so yep, yep, um, yep, yeah, yeah, it would not surprise me if we were talking about, you know, again, an NBA 2K24 tournament or yep, something like yep, that. Yep. So, so we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. But uh, again, those games will take place. Uh, beginning in November, every Tuesday and Friday, so you'll know when these games are happening. If you are really interested in the group stage games, and then the quarterfinals begin uh, first weekend in uh, December. So, uh, or that is a weekend. It's December fourth and fifth. It's a Monday and Tuesday, uh, and they'll they'll finish out the rest of the week with that uh, in season tournament. So, fun stuff there. Fun summer so far. That's gonna do it for now, though, for this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast and Odyssey. WFN original, a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Again, make sure you hit the auto download uh, feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be sure give us a, a review. Give us hopefully five stars. Write something nice or don't, but I hope you write something nice about this podcast. So, yeah, do that as well. Um, you can catch us also on YouTube, Odyssey Sports Channel, WFN Channel, where you find us there. Tommy, let people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. And 
at I think it's Tommy Beer Seven on Threads. I think there I, you go. I think so. We got to stay up on this, EJ. Yeah, I know. I, I've also joined the Threads community as well, so you can find me EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok. So that's gonna do it for now. Thank you guys so much again for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take these guys. Peace.